Welcome to a live and active life, broadcasting encouragement to live your daily life with God's help and inspiration to reach for more of God by faith. Join Brenda Wolf for today's practical insights. On the big scale of the world, so much is out of your control. Events happen and history is changed. You can feel pretty small when your life is lined up next to global issues. Still, your own life affects history. So, as you consider your life in the world, your community, family, career, you may wonder, realistically, what can I do? How can my life matter? You know, even God asks, what can I do? God changes history. Every time he intervenes in history, something significant happens, and it often revolves around the question, what can I do? Before God created anything, he essentially asked, what can I do? As he contemplated what he already knew, mankind, his very own creation, would turn away from him, and this decision would be catastrophic with eternal consequences for each person. His beloved children would surely die, as is recorded in Genesis 2, verse 17, if he did nothing. So when he asked, what can I do? The answer was an extraordinary strategy. The Lamb slain from the creation of the world. Revelation 13, verse 8. That was God's answer to the question, what can I do? It was definitive. The decision to sacrifice Jesus on the cross was made. Then God created everything. This proves how much God loves mankind, how much He loves you. It also proves God's respect of free will. By answering His own question of what to do, He made it possible to ask each person to answer, What can I do? In response to his question, do you love me back? You decide how you will respond to Christ's extreme sacrifice. God lets you decide. Here are some more examples. When Jesus, the God-man, lived on earth, he often asked, what can I do? Here are some examples right from Scripture. Two blind men wanted their sight. They cried out to Jesus for mercy. He heard them and asked, What do you want me to do for you? We want to see. And Jesus healed them. Matthew 20, verses 31 through 34. Here's another example from Mark 10, verse 51. The blind beggar Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus, who heard him and asked him, What do you want me to do for you? I want to see, Bartimaeus said, and Jesus healed him. Then let's go to another example. Jesus even asked, what can I do to his people of Ephraim and Judah in the book of Hosea? His people loved him like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. They wanted what they wanted, and it wasn't Jesus. But Jesus still asked. Check out Hosea 6, verse 4. 
Another example, sometimes people, even like the several demon-possessed men, they asked Jesus what he wanted with them. What do you want? Check out Mark 1, 23 through 25, and Mark 5, verses 6 through 8. Well, Jesus rebuked the evil spirits, and he healed the men. They wanted freedom. In case after case, Jesus was in essence asking, What can I do for you? From the woman with the bleeding disorder, to lepers, to those who had lost loved ones to death, to people who could not hear or speak. All of them were saying, I need your help. So Jesus gave it. God is in the business of fixing things, but he does it his way. God's interventions are fresh, creative, they are needed, and they always are a great improvement. God is very innovative. He may introduce something new or change the norm into something better. Fixing human blunders on the human timeline is his specialty. He heals, forgives, renews. He empowers and blesses. He is always saying, what can I do? This question never means that he is at a loss. Far from it. There is no limit to God's knowledge and creative power in addressing issues. But his question hints at something rich. God designed that we would be interactive with him. It changes history, a partnership that he has with anyone who will trust him and obey him. The deep investment of his own life into human affairs turns centuries of losses into gains, and his love for people, for you, will never end. Not only does God ask, what can I do, as it affects the world scenario, he also asks you, what can I do to help you? So, what's going on in your daily life? What situations are you facing where you need help, love, encouragement, maybe a friend? Well, God cares. He loves you so much. His commitment is to help you succeed in your daily living, and He will help you carry out your life purpose. What is your answer back to Him? Do you know what you need from Jesus? Why not simply ask for His help, His intervention, His healing? Why not receive His love with an open heart? So, what about you? Do you ever turn this question around and ask God what you can do for Him? Is it even on your radar? This question is one of the most important you will ever ask in your lifetime. Why not ask God, what can I do in reciprocation to His love? Because you are created as His partner, His beloved, His child, He has a unique purpose for your life. You're not an accident or an oversight. Just like you need to answer his question, God has answers for your questions. He provides clear guidelines, power, promises, and his presence to help you live successfully in this broken world. 
You are the child of His heart. Jesus helps you know what to be and what to do so you can accomplish your original design. You get to choose if you agree with Him by using your free will. Let's talk about those two concepts, what to be and what to do. And we're going to start with what to be. The first thing I want to talk about is that God wants you to be holy. This means pure, set apart, righteous, good. Set apart for himself in the same manner that he has set himself apart for you. So that's the first thing. He wants you to be holy. And the second thing is he also wants you to be godly. This means devout, virtuous, sincere and reverent, even respectful. These qualities represent his very own character. They also train you in your own character development. So that's a little bit of information on what God wants you to be. Now, what does God want you to do? And I have two points under what God wants you to do. First of all, God wants you to look forward to his return. Do you have eager expe- expectation for that day? Do you even think about it? 2 Peter 3 verse 12 says, to look forward to the day of God. In fact, this should be at the front of your mind every day. As things are in the world, we are much closer to the second coming of Jesus. Are you living with purpose? Are you making holy and godly choices? Remember those things that we said God wants us to be holy and godly? Okay, that was the first thing that God wants us to do. There's something else, too, He wants us to do, and this is a really fascinating idea. God wants you to participate in His coming ahead of time. 2 Peter 3, verse 12 says it like this, Speed, it's coming. Why not get going and make an impact that will promote God's agenda? Engage healthy waiting and eager expectation as you live an alive and active life and reach to others who need God. Meet the needs around you in practical ways, and in this way you participate in His coming by speeding it. Check out 2 Peter 3 verse 12. It's a fascinating verse that gives you a certain amount of control in the timing of Jesus' second return. So, there are options to look forward and to participate in Jesus' return. Those are present in your life each day. Since you are living in times leading up to Jesus' return, you can be and do to make a difference. In essence, you daily become the person God created while leaving a special mark on history. Why not fill your active waiting and eager expectation with constructive decisions and great character that matter? Let's talk about the first coming of Jesus. The comings of Jesus have been captivating to people for centuries, but let's just concentrate on that first coming for a minute. The first coming of Jesus was almost unnoticed, even though it was announced since creation. He quietly 
strategically slipped into the human timeline to win back the hearts of his children. If it weren't for angels, shepherds, and wise men, his first coming might have been off radar. In a silent, dark night, Jesus was born into a broken world with a brilliant, extraordinary plan that would forever change the destiny of any who believe on him. That was his first coming. What about his second coming? It will be unannounced. Unlike his first coming, which was announced, the second coming will be unannounced. No one knows the timing. Not you, not the angels, not even the sun. That might surprise you, but check out Matthew 24, verse 36. Only the Father knows. It's super secret. With that coming, the second coming, Jesus will take back from the enemy what is rightfully his, all creation. He will restore original design. It will be a shock event, unexpected as a thief, definitely on everyone's radar after it hits. This one event of history will alter everything. Extreme things will happen as everything is laid bare. Power never experienced by human beings, will introduce eternity. This coming event should impact your daily living as you be and do. It's not a fairy tale. As a wise and glorious king, Jesus will never misgovern in any way. His decisions will be exactly what the world and people need. And his loving sacrifice for his children at his first coming, will have completed his extraordinary strategy of free choice. This is profound. You actually can help determine your future. The most important question that you can ask is recorded in 2 Peter 3, verses 11 and 12. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Here are some application thoughts and questions, things you can ponder. First one, how are you living each day? Second, are you ready for the unknown timing of Christ's second coming? How about this one, number three? Did you know that you actually helped to determine your eternal future? And number four, are you being and doing what God designed as your life purpose? I want to encourage you to study more from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. It's a fascinating passage. And I want you to know, that God really does want you to be a part of His eternal plan. He continually asks, what can I do? Are you doing the same thing? What can you do? You've been listening to Brenda Wolf with Alive and Active Life. Visit our website at www.aliveandactivelife.org. Your web-based home for resources, including books and eBooks, libraries of articles, podcasts, shareable images, and more as you navigate life's challenges and issues. 
Sign up on our email list to stay current with the tools you need to be the person God designed, living an alive and active life.